0: So good to be in the house of the Lord today with everyone who has joined with us in this room, in the overflow room, online. Thank you all. I was talking to a friend the other day, and he told me that I, I haven't researched this to find out, but that there was a statistic that was shared that on average churches have decreased by 50% as a result of what we've been through with COVID, but look around you right now, amen, and even online and in the overflow room, amen, I want to thank God that Living Hope has stuck together through all of this, amen, that we are fitly framed together, amen, that God is still working through His body, amen, and uh, our trust is in Him, amen, my trust is in Him. I know that earlier this week there was a uh, political figure that passed away Herman Cain and I know before his passing he had made a statement that God was greater than COVID and he trusted God and and after he had passed I saw somebody made a comment kind of poking at him saying that well I guess God wasn't greater science is greater than God but you know what even my death is in the hands of God I don't just trust him with my life I trust him with my death I don't just trust him with my moment. I trust him with my eternity. Amen. I'm not going anywhere until God says it's time for me to go. I don't care how I go. I'm only going when God says it's time. COVID can't do anything to me unless God gives it the the, the approval to do it. Amen. 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 So with that being said, why don't we stand and turn to, in our Bibles, to the book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 3, verse 1. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Moving down to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7. There is a time to rend and there is a time to sow. Amen. A time to rend and a time to sow. Amen. The Lord bless you. You could be seated. And I want to preach for just a few minutes this morning. Well, I don't know. Don't hold me to that. For the next 30 minutes or so on this thought and a time to sow. Amen. And a time to sow. Welcome to all of our guests. Thank you to all of the family, uh, extended family and friends that came out for the, for uh, Josiah's dedication today. And thank you for staying to hear me preach. I know sometimes people will come for the baby dedication and then head off to get the best seat at IHOP or wherever they're headed from there. Uh, Golden Corral is closed now, I think. I think the buffet bars are not open. Is that true? I have not tried to confirm that, but it's not open. All right. I heard she, Cries of anguish. Cortez, was that you? know that was Israel, all right. In Jewish custom, it was the ultimate expression of grief. The Hebrew word describing this expression of grief is the word kariah or korea, and is declared, or rather this act declares the tearing and the ripping of one's garment. That is what this Hebrew word korea was, this ultimate expression of grief pain and anguish. It was the tearing, the rending, the ripping of one's garment. This act of grief was to be conducted by one mourning a loss in their life as a way of providing relief for pent-up anguish. The rending of a garment is only permitted in Hebrew faith. The only time you're allowed to rip your garment, the only time you're allowed to tear a garment is in this situation of the greatest of anguish and the greatest of grief when there is need for consolation. It was a unique expression of exasperation. It signaled grief. It signaled sorrow. It signaled desperation and despair. It was the telltale sign that something more than the man had overtaken him. It was the problem for which there was no solution the dilemma that defied resolution, the tragedy and the trial that was beyond the telling. It was an expected universal expression of one being completely overwhelmed. It was practiced without respect of culture, creed, and social standing. The rending of the garment was carried out by both the rich and by the poor. Rending of garments was done by both kings and by paupers and peasants. You will find record within the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. This blessed book upon which we build our lives is filled to the brim with occasions of men and women alike rending their garments in grief, in shame, in sorrow, in devastation, and in despair. And the ready pen of wise King Solomon declares in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7, that there is a time to rend. There is a time to rend, time such as the occasion in Genesis chapter 37, verse 32, when Joseph's brothers presented Joseph's coat to their father Jacob. There the great patriarch who had wrestled all night with an angel and prevailed, but now he is overwhelmed when he beheld his son's cloak covered in blood and shredded into pieces." He declares, I know that is my son's garment. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. The Bible says that at wrestling with this news, Jacob rends his garment. Overwhelmed by the loss of the son of his old age, undone by the thought of an evil beast devouring his favored child, in a moment of anguish, suffering, and sorrow, Jacob rends his garment. There is a time to rend. In Job chapter 1, when messengers one by one had broken the stillness of Job's life to announce the burglary of his sheep, of his camels, and of his oxen, when a separate servant has come specifically to tell that righteous Job that a horrific wind has blown from the sandy desert and collapsed his eldest son's house over the heads of his ten children, that were feasting there, the Bible tells us that Job arose, and the Bible says that as he gets up from where he was, the first thing that he does is he rends his mantle and then he shaves his head. He falls down upon the ground and he begins to worship God. Job in this moment is unable, unable rather. To express the agonizing pain of the insurmountable loss that comes upon him. Within just a few moments of time, Job literally loses everything. And in a moment, needing to express the anguish, Job rends his garment. There is a time to rend. In 2 Kings chapter 6, when I, as I preached just a few weeks ago, the Syrian army had encompassed and surrounded Samaria. When a donkey's head was fetching 80 pieces of silver, the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung was bringing five pieces of silver. When dueling mothers had boiled and eaten their own babies, Israel's king begins to walk upon the walls of that certain city. He walks upon the walls of that dying city that was Desperate enough to eat their own offspring. And the Bible says that as that king walks looking for answers, searching for a solution to the moment that he is living through, the Bible says that king rends his garment, revealing beneath that garment sackcloth and ashes, beneath his royal garments. A king desperate for deliverance, anxious for answers, bewildered by what his citizens have become. And in that moment of anguish, the king of Israel rends his garment. There is a time to rend and certainly in each of these circumstances i can i can i can empathize with these individuals i pray that maybe you can as well and we feel the grief and the agony expressed as they rend their garment have you ever been in a place Going through a circumstance that you don't even know what to do. You don't know how to express the pain that you feel. You don't know how to express the hurt that you are experiencing. That is what the rending of the garment is to express. That I don't know how to bear what I'm going through. But the Bible says that there is a time to rend. Can you feel the agony and the pain of a father who has just been faced with the news that his son has been devoured by wild beasts? How about a father who has received word that all of his provision has been stolen and all 10 of his children have died in a moment of time? How about the king who realizes that circumstances of the kingdom that he is leading have become so dire that his citizens are boiling and eating their own children? I think that we... can relate with them. How do you express in words? What do you even say when you're going through a storm of that magnitude? But I want you to know that the Bible says there are times that you will rend your garment. There are times when the suffering is unexpressible, when the pain is too much to bear, when all that you can do is rend your garment and pray that God will stop by. There is a time to rend and it is within this same flow of emotion and following this same anguish and agony that the prophet Joel writes in the second chapter of Joel concerning a coming impending judgment of God. For unprecedented sins of a nation, Amen. A day I want—I want us to listen. I want you to listen to me today because I believe that some of what we are facing right now in this nation are the unrepented sins of a nation. I believe that God has taken a portion of His hand off of this nation because we have decided that we don't need God. We have decided that we can do it our own way. We have decided that we have become affluent enough that we don't need Jehovah Jireh to be our provider we've decided that we're smart enough that we don't need the wisdom of God we've decided that our armies are strong enough that we don't need the angels of the most high God and so I believe that God has allowed a season of judgment to come upon this nation and Joel writes to a nation in a similar situation as what we are facing but Joel says God has sent an army among you. He's sent an army. I read one commentary that said some 68 different types of locusts had invaded the crops of Israel. The drunkards were mourning because there was no vineyard for wine. The old men were mourning because they said we've never seen anything like this before. Can I get a witness in the house? I believe even our elders today are saying we've never seen anything like this. Amen. God said, I'm sending judgment among you. And Joel writes in that context, he says, therefore, also now, saith the Lord, listen to me, living hope, turn you even to me with all of your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. In verse 13, he says, and rend your heart and not just your garment. I'm not interested in you tearing your coat. I want to see a church that will into their heart yeah. 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 judgment is coming upon this nation, and God is saying, Is there a church that will stand up with the agony of a father who has witnessed his son be devoured by beasts and say, Oh God, we are rending our hearts, we are turning from our wicked ways. And rend your heart and not your garment. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he has listened. if we will rend, if the church of this hour will stand like Jacob. When he heard the news of Joseph being devoured, he said, there's no greater pain. I don't know how to even express what I'm feeling. The only thing that I can do that will adequately describe the pain that I feel is to rend my garment. And God is saying, I need a church that will feel, Feel that kind of pain over the sins of a nation to rend your hearts. And if you will, God is gracious. If we will, God is merciful. If we will, God is slow to anger. Can I tell you? that God is not wanting to destroy this nation. God is not wanting to destroy this nation, which, by the way, I'm not saying it's a perfect nation, but the gospel has been preached out of this nation in the last 200 years, more than out of any other nation in the history of the world. God is going to raise up this nation again, I believe. He is slow to anger. great of kindness, repents him of evil. The call to repent for sin is to be done with the same anguish of a patriarch, Jacob, who learns that his son has been devoured by wild beasts. Amen. That same anguish has got to come upon the church. Not just a Five-minute visit to an altar where we kneel down and pay our religious respects before we run on to our busy days. But that same kind of anguish that you might behave with the day if you found that one of your children had tragically been snatched from you, that you would rise up. How do I even express the pain that I feel? That has got to be the anguish that gets a hold of the church. Not a little two-minute prayer, and then we go back about our day. But God, we need you. We need your forgiveness. We need your healing. We need your mercy. We need your grace. God is saying, I need a church that we're in, not just their garment, but their heart uh, with the same kind of sorrow. Could you imagine with me right now, parents, uh, that you got news uh, that everything that belonged to you, your car, your home, uh, and every child that has ever been birthed uh, with your name on it, all of it has been snatched out of your hand in one moment. Uh, and that expression of pain, uh, the only thing that I can do to express pain uh, is to rend my garment. Uh, and God is saying, that's what I need from the church. Uh, I need a church that will- stand up and not just rend your garment but rend your heart there is a time to rend there is a time to rend the same desperation of a king imagine with me now king of a nation every citizen of that nation is at your responsibility it is, your deci- it is your responsibility to make decisions, uh, to make sure the economy is strong. Uh, it is your job to make sure to make decisions where there will be provision for everyone living within that city. Uh, and now things have become so dire uh, that they're boiling their own babies, uh, that they're eating their own offspring. Uh, and the king says, I don't even know what else to say. Uh, I don't even know what else to do. Uh, the only thing that I can do that might just in some manner uh, express the pain that I feel is to rend my garment and God is looking at a church right can I tell you he's not waiting for the world to repent he's not waiting on the president to repent he's not waiting on the senate or the congress to repent he's waiting on the church he's waiting on the church To rend not just your garment, but rend your heart. There is, living hope, a time to rend. And it is that time. It is time that the church stand up and rend our hearts. Oh, God, forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our sins. And I know I preach against a pompous arrogant spirit today that thinks that you've got it all figured out in your mind. I know you think it's a politician's fault and so you sit there and stare at me like I've lost my mind but hear me now. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming upon this earth. Judgment is coming upon this nation and he's not waiting on a politician. He's not waiting on another veto. He's waiting on a church to rend their hearts church do you feel as much agony as a dad who just learned his baby had been devoured do you have the same kind of agony as a dad who just realizes his whole world has been taken well I would pastor but it's a little chilly in here today what that's that's not agony, that's comfort, that's an entitled church, that's a pampered church, that's a spoiled church, that's a church that's not going to turn the mercy of God toward a nation, there is living hope, there is a time to rend, church of the living God, there is a time to rend, church of the last hour, it is time to rend not just your garment, but to rend your heart, If there's ever been a time for a heart-rending repentance to come upon the church. It is today. If there's ever been a time for us to push back. I know we can look and we can look at other denominations and we can fault them for their religious traditions, but we've got our own. We've got our own where we have our comfortable little five-minute altar calls and we have our Pentecostal little shout-downs, but we never really get desperate with God. We leave out of here and our garments are still in one piece. We leave out of here and our hearts have not been rent We leave out and we go right back to the sin that we've been living in. Pastor, you better not preach too long. Uh, Pastor, you better not preach against my my theologies. Pastor, you better not step on my toe. Hey, there better be a church uh, that rises up in this hour. It's time to have heart-rending repentance. There's ever been an hour for heart-rending repentance to come upon the church. Everybody say the church. The church to come upon the church well it's the world pastor no it's the church if we're waiting if heart-rending repentance is going to come it's going to come from the church the bible says judgment begins in the house of the lord if the church will not judge itself then how do we expect the world to judge itself and let me tell you if you won't judge yourself then god will judge you It is today. It is now. Note the all-sided passage of Second Chronicles 7.14, which calls for humility which calls for prayer, which calls for a people to turn from their wicked way, which we call repentance. He says that kind of an approach and that attitude. He said that if you will do that, I will bring healing to your nation. I will bring healing to your government. I will bring healing to the citizens. I will bring healing to the upper, the middle, and the lower class. If, If the world will humble themselves if the sinners will humble themselves if the sinful will humble themselves if the presidents and politicians will humble themselves come on that's not what the bible says it says if my people which are called by my name will get a hold of your garment and rend your garment we need God to forgive us There is a time to rend. I'm asking every person right now to stand on your feet with me. I I wish there was some way I could inject into your spirit. I wish there was some way I could inject into your mind right now the anguish of a father when he receives news that his son has been devoured by lions and jackals in the wilderness. And he begins to cry out with anguish as he rends his garment. Come on, raise up some hands in this house. It's time to rend. There is a time to rend. There is a time to rend. Don't just rip your garments. You need to get a hold of your heart right now. You need to rip that heart. You need to tear. Come on, somebody. We need God to forgive us. We need God to heal us. We need God to turn us. We need God to heal this nation. There is a time to rend. It is the apex of anguish. It is the ultimate expression of pain and agony. It is the rending. When you've torn that garment, somebody in this house today, God is saying, I've got to see the church in a desperate manner. I've got to see the church in pain and anguish over the shape of their world. I've got to see the church in anguish over the condition of our families and our homes. If if my people which are called by my name will just make it through another 60-minute service, come on, we'll just make it through another 30-minute worship set. No, no, no. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from your wicked ways. God is waiting on a church to rend some things. Come on, it's time to get beyond status quo religious tradition, and it's time to rend our hearts. Church, church must rend its garment in this hour of unrighteousness without restraint, sin without remorse, godlessness without guilt. Church, there is a time to rend. Can We just ask God right now to bring healing to our nation. Listen, if you're of the persuasion that you think God needs to destroy this nation, I pray God will deal with your heart. I'm not saying this nation is perfect. I know we've got some failures in our past and in our present, and we probably got some in our future. But if you would rather your children grow up in a trash heap just so you can be justified, I pray God would deal with your heart. We need God to raise this nation up. We need God to make this nation godly. We need God to bring a healing to this nation. There is... A time to rend. Come on, God is calling us as a church to a place of repentance. Come on, heart-rending repentance, garment-tearing repentance, anguish and agony. Come on, if if you have sin in your life right now, God is calling you to rend your garment. This is not the hour to be nonchalant with the mercy and the grace of God. This is not the hour to say, well, one day when I get around to it, I'll come and ask God to forgive me. No, God is saying this is the hour. There is a time to rend. Hidden sin, secret sin, bold sin, private sin, unrepented sin. sin God is calling us. The Bible says that there was a time where God winked at ignorance. There was a time where God would overlook sin because somebody would say, I didn't know any better. But the Bible says now God is calling everyone to repentance. God is saying every person in this building, rend your heart, not just your garment. There is a time to rend. There's got to be a time when we become so filled with anguish over iniquity and sin. Listen, Sin Poverty is not what's killing our world today. Sin is the root of poverty. Sin is the root of destruction. Sin is the root of disease. Sin is what is killing our world. Sin is what turns white against black and black against white. Sin is what turns yellow against brown and brown against yellow. Sin is at the root of everything that is destructive. And there has got to come a church that will stand up and rend its heart. And say, God, heal us as a nation, heal us as a church. Hilo bo seyato rabayeko robo bo seyata. Haro ko raba seya to robo bose. I want to ask every person in this room right now to close your eyes and I'm going to ask you to raise your hands in a sign of surrender and I want you to ask God to forgive you of sin. I want you to ask God, God, any hidden sin? Lord, it may be sin that I'm ignorant of. I may not even know that I've committed sin but God, if there is sin in my heart, if there is prejudice, if there is greed, if there is lust, if there is fear, if there is any unjust, wicked way within me. God, I'm asking you right now to forgive me. Come on, not our little two-minute Pentecostal tradition repentance, but heart-rending repentance. you got to understand that if there's sin in your heart, you cannot enter into heaven. If there is sin in your heart, if their garment is spotted by this world, you cannot enter into heaven. Come on, that sin is what will keep you separated from God. That should bring an anguish out of you. That should bring a cry of desperation out of you. That should cause you to reach up and get a hold of your garment and rend it. Oh God, get this sin out of my life. Come on. If God's going to heal our homes, there's got to be a rending. If God is going to heal our marriages, there's got to be a rending. If God is going to heal our families, there's got to be a rending. If God is going to heal our church, there's got to be a rending. If God is going to heal this community, there must be a rending. There is a time to rend God, let judgment begin at the house of God today. Lord, let this be the congregation that will stand, O God, and humble themselves before you. God, and pray and seek your face, turning from our wicked ways, rending our hearts, that you would bring healing to our homes, bring healing to our community. Bring healing to our nation. Bring healing to the nations of the world. Stand with me. I'm almost finished. There is a time to rend. Solomon continued on as he had in the preceding verses and would in the following with the reciprocal of that rending. When he said, and there is a time to sow. There's a time to rend. And there is a time to sow. In Genesis chapter 3, following the fall of man, as Eve had been beguiled by the serpent, ate of the forbidden fruit, gave it to Adam, and he also did eat. God comes walking in the cool of the day. And there he found his prized creation. The joy of the genesis, the apple of his eye. Of all that he had created, this man and this woman were the only beings formed with his hand and fashioned to be in his own likeness and his image. And he finds them hiding themselves from God. It appears this quality is still present, prevalent with mankind today. Same quality that is prevalent with us today was present with the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. For they believe that they have possessed the ability to hide from God. Perhaps as I called us to repentance today, some of you chose not to because you think God doesn't know. Don't worry, Adam and Eve had that same attribute. The thought that they could conceal the details of their unfettered lust that had brought forth sin. That somehow they could hide their sin, cover their shame, Conceal their guilt and disguise their disobedience. And the Bible says in their feeble attempt to cover up their sin and disguise their iniquity, that they had gathered themselves fig leaves together and made them coverings. In fact, the Bible says the exact method of making their aprons out of fig leaves was that they sewed the leaves together. There's a time to rend and there is a time to sew. This is always the recourse of humanity to fashion aprons that dismiss disobedience and shroud our shame. We decide that we're going to sew ourselves, that we're going to get our fig leaves and we're going to sew them together and that will make us a better person. And so we use our methods of making aprons, sewing fig leaves together, the blame game. Well, it was their fault. If they hadn't done this to me, I never would have done it. If they hadn't put me in that situation, it never would have happened. Or the victim card, a very prevalent sowing of the fig leaves in today's culture the victim card. It's not my fault, somebody did it to me. The reason I am the way that I am is because this happened to me. Or there is the more prevalent way of doing it, and that is the way of the fool. Who the Bible says sows in the manner that he says there is no God. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. And he sits down at the sewing machine of self-righteousness Ridding himself of guilt and shame by saying it doesn't matter what I do and how I live because there's no God anyhow. Or perhaps even more prevalent among us today would be the self-righteous pattern of sowing when we say, you know what, if I will just do enough good works, it will outweigh my bad and then my guilt will be covered and my shame will be hidden. And yet no matter what method we choose, no matter how many leaves we gather, No matter how many stitches we sew, the end result is always guilt, shame, hurt, destruction, and separation from God. But there is a time to sew. But I would tell you that just as the heart of man was led to rend over sin, when Jacob rend his garment over the death of Joseph, and just as Job rend his garment over the death of his ten children, I want you to know that sin in like manner rends the heart of God. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, when God looked down upon righteous Noah, he looked around Noah and saw a world that was bankrupt of morality and giving themselves to every evil desire. And the Bible says it broke the very heart of God. In the book of Hosea, again, God looks at the sin of the nation of Israel. He beholds their iniquity. He beholds their transgression. And the Bible says in Hosea chapter 11, verse 8, that God says, one, one commentary says it this way that God said, My heart is torn. God said, My heart is rent. I've seen the sin of this world. So even God, there is a time to rend. And as God walks in the cool of the garden, the cool of the day in that garden and beholds his beloved creation covered in clumsily comprised aprons fashioned together from leaves, his heart was rent. I believe the very heart of God tore Israel as he looked for his creation. He knew where they were at, but he he is looking for a creation that Daily eagerly awaited his approach, but now they hide from him because that's what sin does. It changes your relationship with God. It changes what used to be an eager worship into a religious tradition. It changes what used to be an eagerness to get to the house of God, but now it's just something I've got to do in my daily duty. The heart of God was broken. and When God sees the condition of our world today, when he sees the condition of sin ravaged lives, iniquity-torn families, when he sees the carnage in your life of dashed dreams and shattered hopes, I want to tell you God looks at those shattered dreams and his heart is rent. Amen. God created you for more than what you're living. God created you for more than where you're at right now. And God does not rejoice over you. God is not excited about your failed dreams. I believe the very heart of God is rent. There is a time to rend and there is a time to sew because the story doesn't end with aprons constructed of clumsily sown fig leaves but the torn heart of God is moved with compassion and the Bible says using the same exact Hebrew word that described Eve making fig leaves as she sewed them together the Bible says the same exact Hebrew word that God made them coats out of skin that God said there is a time to rend but there is also a time to sow God is looking down on this sin ravaged world and he's saying I already paid the price I already made a way, I already shed my blood, I already gave you a sacrifice. There is a time to rend, but I know as we've repented in this morning, I also want you to know that if the church will rend your garments, that God is going to begin to sow, He is going to sow revival, He is going to sow healing. There is a time to rend, and there is a time to sow. Jacob, I know the devastation of that tattered robe of Joseph led you to rend your garment, but Jacob, know this there's also a time to sow. You're gonna see your baby boy again. I, I know what it looks like. I know you rent your garment, but don't worry, one day I'm gonna sew it back up. Joseph is not dead. Job, I know the negative news heralded by the messengers is dreadful news. I know it led you to rend your garment, but Job, know this that while there is a time to rend, there is also a time to sow. And Job, don't you worry because your end is going to be better than your beginning. I'm preaching to somebody right now in this building that the same God whose heart is rending over you today is the same God who's gonna sew it up. I'm preaching to people in this building that you've been rending your garment over shattered dreams, but God's not finished, he is gonna sew. King of Israel, I know it's bad in Samaria. Mothers are boiling their children and eating their offspring. And I know in moments of exasperation you rend your garment. But, oh, King, just hold on a second. Because just as there is a time to rend, there is a time to sow. And about this time tomorrow, I'm going to turn everything around. I come to tell somebody in this building today, there is a time to sow. There is a time of healing. There is a time of forgiveness. There is a time of rec- uh, There is a time of strength. Uh, Weeping may endure for a night, uh, but joy. (sighs) Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. There is a time to rend and there is a time to sow. I've come to tell somebody right now, uh, 1 John 2 and 1, my dear children, I am writing to this so you will not sin. Somebody say, don't sin. sin. Tell your neighbor, tell Angelita, everybody tell Angelita, don't sin. That's payback for all those times you got me. But, everybody say but. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only for our sins, but for all the sins of the world. I come to let you know when God reached down and began to sew those skins together, it was the foreshadowing, it was the type of a sacrifice that was coming to take away the sins of the world. And I don't care how bad your sin is, if you will rend, he will sow. If you will repent, he will forgive. Living hope, I came with the word of hope today. If we will rend our hearts, God will sow. If we will pray for our nation, God will bring healing. Bow your heads with me. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. There's no way God could sew this. Some of you got those new in-style jeans that they got less fabric than they got more fabric. They got more holes than they got fabric. God could never fix this. If you will rend your garment, God will sew if you will repent he is the bible says he is faithful and just a preacher i've been an adulterer i've been a fornicator i've been a cheater i've been a liar i've been a drunkard i've been a drug addict i've been unfaithful i've been unloyal i've cursed god I haven't been faithful to my calling. List all of them that you want to. But if you will rend your heart, if you will rend your heart, I want you to know that God will sow. He's already paid the sacrifice. He's already given himself as the sacrifice. And today, God wants to sow in this place. God wants to sow. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com.